list. Mm -hmm. oh. It's been worth it. Love it. Okay, everybody, let me go ahead and get this meeting started here. Um, just, just don't want to cover up some of the stuff from last week. Uh, we had uh, reviewed the Caritas funding for the veterans case, uh, <coughs> also the Farina Kula exhibit. Uh, which you've told us a little bit about it. How, tell, now that I've got this going, tell us a little bit what happened out there. Uh, okay, so we had a, an art exhibition um, based on Frida Kahlo, like the inspiration of her, and we had it over at the Art Forum. And um, so it, was, it went really well. We had a lot of um, artists from Waco, from, well, from the local community, and then um, Mexico, Venezuela, Brazil, and Chile. So it was really nice to have, have a good mix in there. And uh, so we finished our commitment with the, the art forum. We made a, a commitment with them to be there for four exhibitions. And so the Frida Kahlo was our fourth one. And so now we're looking for um, a new venue to do the um, Traveling Ofrenda, which Rocio does every year. And this is her ninth one. So right now we're looking for a venue and uh, just trying to get things ready for that. A venue in Waco? Or? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. To like display art or something? Yeah. So, oh. so it's going to be for um, the ofrenda, which is like for Day of the Dead. And mm -hmm. so it's like a tradition that um, for every... For Halloween, every, basically. Yeah. No, it's for... Um, it's oh. not Halloween. It's, it has to do with... Um, <laughs> it's around Halloween. It's, in it's around Halloween, yeah. but it's not related to Halloween. And okay. so it's more of like remembering the ancestors that have passed right. on. And so... The 31st starts on, uh, that's the Day of the Children, and then mm -hmm. the 1st, uh, November 1st is for the adults, and then the 2nd is for the saints, and so, mm -hmm. um, and so that's what we're, she does that every year is to like to, like to let people know what it is and to kind of keep the tradition, you know, alive, and um, so we combined a, an art exhibit with it, and so we're doing a, the ofrenda and the art exhibit, and so that's what we're, we're looking for a venue right now since we're finished with the um, art form. We've already, um, you know, kind of, we did our, made our commitment to them, and we met it and fulfilled it, so we're just looking for something new right now. So what Diana's done now is she leads our uh, art section for, oh. she's building the, our, uh, a, a, I mean a base, building a, uh, her board to uh, start uh, promoting art in the art district. Cool. And uh, she will be uh, getting that together. We're helping her try to look for a venue, too, also. Yeah. And uh, we're so going to... what kind to of venue? Like a restaurant? Or well, or? well, no. We, I mean, it's, we would need something that we could do gallery space in. So um, mainly something... We would prefer something that's open. So, and it's going to... We would like for it to be... If we do an exhibit with it, for at least a month, maybe two to three weeks, you know, at the least. Um, so it's, and we have a lot, we created a big following um, whenever we were at the art forum. So a lot of people really enjoyed the all the exhibitions that we did. And so even with her continuing doing the ofrenda every year, there's, there's people that follow that, that wherever she goes. So she goes to different businesses and she'll have uh, set up the ofrenda. Sometimes it's just the ofrenda, and then there's other times it's been an art exhibit as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, we, we want to try to keep it as an art exhibit, but if it's just the ofrenda, then, you know, we'll, you know, we'll just do that and then maybe possibly have workshops depending on, on the space, like what it's Are like. Are you open to working with 
local businesses, or yeah. is it just a like an art? No, sort well, because we exhibition uh, area. No, because we had let's see, one of the places she she did was the garden, the sunshine stop. It was a, like a massage therapy, mm-hmm. and so the front of it was like where she had her office. Was that was the, the where she built the ofrenda, and mm-hmm. so um, that was where that was, and then. She placed, we placed artwork all in, like, in the office, uh, like, down the hall and just in, in the areas that we could. So it wasn't a huge exhibit, but it was still, was still there. And, uh, but it was still a pretty good size. It's probably, the, a friend itself was probably about the length of this table long, and then it went almost all the way to the ceiling. So she can, she builds them to customize the space that, that it's going to be in. And um, one other place was at St. Francis Church. It was there twice. Mm-hmm. It was at the Art Forum twice. Um, she did one at Baylor. She worked with like the the Latin um, like studies, mm-hmm. like the club. She worked with them, and they built one out there. I wonder so. if like um, you know, there's several businesses that are kind of down by the riverfront that aren't open yet. Like I'm thinking specifically of that Stone's Throw development that mm-hmm. has uh, Waco Tours in it, has Fuzzy's Tacos. And oh, okay, yeah. There's like yeah. an um, empty space in there, and um, I, the guy that owns that place is just such a good man and is truly invested in Waco. And, um, you know, I don't know if that would be a venue that would be conducive to your yeah. exhibit or what you have in mind, but to me, like, if he has open space and yeah, he's a good guy and he cares about Waco, I wonder if he would be willing just to, like, let you carve out a little notch mm-hmm. for the time frame. They do yeah. their things about two, three times a year. They have different uh, events that they do. And Resilio is, uh, why don't you tell a little bit about her since she's yeah. not here? Yeah, she's, her okay, background. so, um, so Resilio, she is a uh, international artist. So she's exhibited all, mm-hmm. like, all throughout, you know, different parts of the, the world. And, uh, but she's also worked in theater, um, so with uh, Hollywood in Hollywood. So she did the mask for Zorro, um, and then she mm-hmm. did the mask for oh, Nacho nice. Libre. And uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. so she's very um, like when she's very talented. And she's done a lot of documentaries. Yeah, a lot yeah she's of been in history history documentary. She's done and the costumes. That you're talking about doing. It's her partner. The, yeah, partner. She's, yeah, she's, she's president. Yeah. She's the vice president of our. Yeah, and so we we both work together, and um, and so. She's she has like just just an immense talent, and yeah. so how long do you need the space? Like a month? we would we would like at least a month, um, maybe two, two to three weeks at you know if mm-hmm. you know that. And I um, take it you've hit up like the local um, art. I don't, we, I don't know the uh, places, places, but like all the we, museums and the places well, where the, you can uh, like we've had it. one at seven twelve um, one year, uh-huh. and they. Um, Right now, like the the different art groups, kind of have their own their own things going on, and so it's they 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 have things that they're doing you already know, in who, place. So we're kind of have you separate white elephant downtown? White elephant? No. Just oh my open, gosh, yeah. they're so cool. They are all artisans. They're local mm-hmm. artisans, and they're, everything in that place is basically handcrafted. And so this sounds very. I mean, it's not like you're selling anything, but it does sound really like a, it would sort of jive with their mm-hmm. uh, mission. Um, the guy that owns it is super nice. I can't think of his name, but if you okay. just like look at him, look at look him up on Instagram or okay. White Elephant, that he may have some space. 
They just opened, mm -hmm. and it's a real cool vibe in there. <laughs> okay. And Milo's is on Franklin. They also exhibit our aunt daughter and I were there the other day. They had a really neat. They're really not open a lot. I mean, they're open just two hours, two hours, and I think three hours. So that's, oh, really? Yeah, they don't, they don't open from 8 to like 10. Yeah, they, they, they haven't done that since they've opened. Wow. doesn't yeah. produce enough business to do it. Because really? yeah, yeah. we've had um, one thing, like with the ofrenda, the students from Baylor will come out, and they'll, um, it's part of their extra credit. This, their teacher sends them out to, you know, to visit the ofrenda, um, usually like the Spanish teachers. Or the, even like the history teachers, they'll send them out, and so that's part of their extracurricular. And they uh, also Riker, the Spanish teacher mm -hmm. from there, she brings out her students, and they also um, they look at the ofrenda and everything, so that to get so the kids will can see like what is it made out of, that's how is so it done. Cool. So, so what is an ofrenda? Is it like a sculpture it, or something? No, so it's a uh, yeah. So they it's, it's an altar that that's built for um, to to kind of like memorialize your loved ones that have passed away, mm -hmm. and so it's more of like a celebration of life. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, it has like different things like um, sugar skulls, um, uh, marigolds, their salt. Um, everything has a meaning of why it's there, a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's very elaborate, like decorated elaborately. And mm -hmm. so. People, um, we've had the public come and place pictures of their loved ones so they can be part of it. So we want to have it to where it's a, a community thing where people can, we want to invite people and say if you have loved ones or friends that have passed away, you can place their pictures. And um, so it's all about remembering, just remembering them hmm. and uh, celebrating life. And, and so it's something. I know it was around. It has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. I knew it was around Halloween. Yeah. That's why. I, yeah, it's around. Yeah. It's around Halloween, um, and we have. We usually have the opening on Halloween Day because usually that's when the kids are out. But then it's also the day for the kids um, for that celebration. Mm -hmm. That may and, be why uh, the confusion. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and then and we always you know we welcome people to come in, and we had candy last year and gave the kids uh, people painting faces, mm -hmm. and it was. Um, it was it was a really good turnout, and so we. It's something that, for me, I wasn't raised in that type of tradition, like ever knowing about it, and um, for me, it was something that kind of helped me to, I guess, reconnect with roots, to, right. because Absolutely. it's it's a lot yeah. of. I mean, like I didn't know anything, and until I started working with her, and then just learning about it, and I think, for me, I think it's important for people that are like me that grew up here, um, you know, just kind of got disconnected from, mm -hmm. you know, from culture to kind of, you know, relearn everything and just see what it what it's about. Because That's it's, kind of one of the reasons we started the Hispanic Museum here, too. Yeah, because it's... Yeah. Tell Can me about... Uh, huh? Can you have it there? It's too little. It's a little too little right now. We're uh, pretty full. In the space that in the hallway that we have, <laughs> it's a nice place, but it really is. It was a uh, a starter uh, to get it going uh, financially and some other things that we've had. Uh, we are considering some other areas that we're going to move it to. By the way, tell us about your meeting over at the um, uh, Marie Taylor. Oh, 
Yeah, well, I'd love to hear about that. I have approached her a bunch. Of, is she still alive? Yes, yeah. she yeah. is very, very much alive. I was, I was impressed with her. Like she's just, I mean, her knowledge on everything is just incredible. And How old is she now? It's got to be in her nineties. She's ninety-five or ninety-seven, wow. I think. Mm -hmm. That's cool. But she's very. I mean, her her memory is just sharp. She is so mm -hmm. sharp, and just telling us about history, all all this history in in Waco and. Um, what does she want to do with the museum? She wants to create a board, and then she wants to um, have volunteers from Baylor run it, and um, that's what she was. That's what she's looking at, and it's um, that's that's all she had said. Yeah, yeah, actually, I, the reason I didn't go because I've been to it four times, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm part of the board that's going to mm -hmm. be helping her do that. Uh, Good. I actually because uh, I know uh, the um, historic. Society, the Waco Historic. I know that they're work. beating her doors down. They want to take what they can out of the building. No, they actually wanted to help restore it at one time. They want to tear it down. <laughs> oh, that must have been after Don left. Cause I know yeah, because that, that could be one of that. Uh, uh, yeah. Because when Don left, um, a lot of people had gone over there and have been pestering her about all the different things. And got to admit. Is she so, here now? Is she here in Waco? Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, from, time, from time from time to time, she comes. She yeah. contacts me when she comes into town, and yeah. what well, she what well, she does. And uh, I think you were at our last meeting, weren't you? I was. You know, so you got to meet who she was. But she um, came really. Yes, she was oh, very she's interesting. Still woman. Oh yeah. yeah, she is. She is. Wow. And yeah, she's still in Virginia. I'll be going up there pretty soon here with her. So oh, she's kind of in the same place as she was at meeting. She's still trying to figure it out. Yeah, the thing that she has was, you know, she has an issue with um, the past people that ran it. Right. Uh, she's, got, she's trying to sue <laughs> yeah, them and everything yeah, else. I remember that vividly. Yeah. <laughs> and you remember I had to kind of, okay, yeah. let's talk about the museum now. She yeah. really wants to pound on that. And, you know, one of my attorneys that uh, have been with her for 22 years, you know, he's asked me to kind of just be patient with her and he's going to help work the thing out and uh, good a local I'm a lawyer too a, mm -hmm. a local lawyer mm -hmm. yeah so anyway um, that's kind of with that and uh, we'll see what uh, ends up there but you didn't get a chance to talk with her did you no I know so I'm gonna sit you, I'll sit you down with her and see what the situation is what we're trying to do is uh, look at moving the Hispanic Museum over there oh excellent because we have the Waco's information there mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, Let's see, well, a lot of Waco, and then the upstairs, if you didn't know about it, it's that school was the first black school ever in Waco. Uh, that settlement was where the Waco Indians That's correct. Were, yeah. And uh, so there's a lot of history that's there, and uh, we're talking about how to do it. We have, they have some area that can be utilized, sure. and then they yeah, have some areas much. that they want to enclose, so we're looking at maybe adding a little wing to it. Excellent. You know, it, it's a... Um, it's a beautiful property. Yeah, it is. The thing is, before we really do this, we have to get some confirmation because we can't put any mo really money into it if we know when she passes what's going to happen. Because right. I hate to put, you know, $30,000, $40,000 and start construction and all this kind of stuff and then find out, oops, well, the son's going to sell it now. So there, there's some things that we have to work out, but it's going to take some time, and I'm going to let her wind herself down. Mm -hmm. 
until she decides, okay, this is what I need to do, and then the attorney's going to say, okay, <laughs> Maria, this is what you can do. <laughs> anyway, let's go on to other things. Um, uh, 1,000 and Friends, have you gone to that? Hmm. 1,000, you're downtown, you've never been to 1,001 Friends? No, nope. How about 1 Million Cups? Nope. Are you new to Waco? Nope, been here 24 years. And you don't know about these? No. They're right there on Austin Avenue. You know where the Woolworth Building's at, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, they have. They just had their meeting. I think they have it once a month there, and I think they just had it last week Wednesday. Okay. And that's a million cups. The other one. What do they do? Well, basically, a million cups is to, uh, and it's around the country. There are groups around the country, and what they do is they bring in new entrepreneurs, people that want to speak about their business or they want to speak about their organization. Uh, to get more people involved. It's, it's a great place to kind of mix around and see who's doing what they're doing. And then um, 1,000 Friends is really all Waco business owners. You sure you've never been? You live in Waco? <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's right there. They, we've had it at the Hippodrome for months, and they stopped doing it there, and we're doing it... Uh, oh, what's the name of that... Place on second one something three oh one. Is it pretty well attended? Oh, have you heard of it? No, it's not. It's but not I'm just I'm me. Average, a good hundred people show up every week. Really? I mean, every week, every month. And month, the purpose month. is to just educate each other on. I know they're, they're, they're the way, no, they're the Waco businesses that get together and they discuss what's going on, what's happening. Is it downtown businesses or just yes, Waco? downtown businesses. Oh my goodness! Well. Have you looked at your taxes lately? (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Well, you should be. You should have been at those meetings a long time ago. Okay. uh, Other things too. (laughs) Busy raising three kids. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me just kind of go over some other things that uh, I wanted to share with. Um, Advocacy Center. Advocacy Center is looking for that. Yeah, you do know that. Yeah, I'm about to say you have. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, they're looking for volunteers. Um, Grassroots has also announced right now that uh, phase five of the roof replacement uh, is beginning. So if you know anybody that is needing a roof or repairs on a roof, it's going to have to be residential. Okay, owner residential. And so they've got so much money set aside to uh, put that together, okay? Uh, WISD, what's good for our teachers here is they got a raise from 49000 startup to, that used to be 46000 that they would uh, normally get for starting as a teachers. As do teachers across the country. I'm married to one. And, um, and then another thing, too, here is one thing I'd like to... Uh, emphasize and I'm taking recommendations or people that would be interested I I'm recommending them to the um, uh, the Cooper Foundation and that's the race equity class and uh, if you'd be interested in going to something like that it's a two-day class uh, that describes uh, race equity that's happening around the country and also how it affects Waco uh, if you're interested, give me your email, and I can recommend you to that. Um, Leadership Plenty starts also in September, and they're looking 
for, because like, that's something I have been involved with, another recommendation. I have to recommend the people to it, and it's a nine-week course. It's uh, every, what's it, I forgot what it was. Every month, twice a month. And the recommendation has to come from the neighborhood associations? Uh, really. You said you had to recommend. Right. That's what they're asking me to do mm -hmm. is it's not something that you just you sign, up. Just sign up. For. That's correct. You can't just ask them. Somebody's, somebody has to recommend you to yes. that. And because of my participation in that uh, and involvement, uh, that's what they email me for. Okay. Um, so if you're interested in going to that, what it is, it's it's creating leaders for Waco. Uh, they're looking for more ideas, more people involvement because uh, Waco has uh, has had the need for it, and uh, so they're stretching, they're reaching out to uh, uh, for for people to take those roles on. A lot of them, I would say, are college. Individuals young, the evening classes have more people our age, you know, that go to it, and uh, again, that's something that's pretty. I mean, I found it very, very interesting What's to go. What's the name to. of the organization? Well, it's Leadership Plenty is the group. Plenty? It's yes, it's the Cooper Foundation. Okay. That does that, and then uh, the city boards and commissions. Glad you're here. We need to put you on a board. Which I'm, board would you like? I've uh, already submitted an application for historic because I have a historic. We've restored four uh -huh. homes on Austin Avenue, uh -huh. and for the uh, like visitors and hotels, something, something that one. And what else? There's a third one uh -huh. I applied for, but I got an email back that those were filled, but I'm on the list or something like that. You got an email back mm -hmm. to the city. Well, that's interesting because oh, oh, so you haven't seen the list of what's available then? Yeah, the ones that I wanted weren't available. But you haven't seen the list. What's what is available? Yeah, it's on the city's website. Okay. Yeah, and you can get on there. It came in the water bill just like this. Right. One of those nerds that reads. The well, water I'm surprised bill. because they do um, have an opening for the historical. Oh really? My yeah. email? Oh, I definitely want to be on the historic. Yeah. I'm in a home that was we just restored a home and that was built in 1905. Mm -hmm. I was just showing it. Who's your councilman? Oh, probably it's him downtown. So is it Jim? I don't know. Who no, it is, is it? It's probably Hector Sabita. Yes, it's Hector Sabita. Yeah. No, Hector goes all the way to uh, Mary Street. But I'm at 19th in Austin by Community Bank. Oh, well. Yeah, that you, might be North That's, that's Meeks. That might be Dylan Meeks. Dylan, Dylan Meeks. Meeks. Mm -hmm. If you really want to get on the boards, like I was just telling earlier, um, you better get to know your councilman first. Okay. Uh, they're preferred to know who they're putting on the boards. Right. So that would be, you know. So I called to Dylan. Is there an opening on? Um, it's on the city website. It's on the city website. I saw, I saw that that was, my father used to belong to that one um, years ago. Um, yeah, I, when I looked at it, it showed that uh, historical, there was like two openings, I think, that were coming up in there. Right. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I just, I just saw this Leadership Plenty Institute posted on Facebook that they're accepting applications for round nine mm -hmm. by August 14th. Sounds like something good for my kiddo. Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That would be like today. Or today. At, mm -hmm. at midnight. Yeah. Tight schedule. Is that going to be a...
one. That's one thing you'll have to realize about Waco, and including business owners. They just don't believe in advertising very much. And when it is, it's the last minute. So you got to be really on top of uh, a lot of this stuff or know what's coming around. And again, if you know your councilman, right. you find a lot of things out. Right. Yeah, he's very accessible. He'll have coffee with you over at Pinewoods. Yeah, he'll buy a cup of coffee at Pinewoods if you catch him right. Um, anything else? Any come across uh, anybody that's needing remodeling or anything? No? Not offhand. Not offhand. What's the criteria for it? For the remodeling? Yeah, like, do they... Well, for what I'm trying to do, and I've asked the other neighborhood associations to do, is to start working... Uh, with our inspections department to actually help those individuals that may need some uh, additional work that may not have the money. And uh, that's one of the reasons with uh, grassroots having the uh, roof project. That's one of the things there. But uh, for the downtown neighborhood association, uh, a lot of the homes that uh, are available out there uh, may need some updating or may not meet city code in some areas, and instead of beating them up with <laughs> citations, I'd do that to him, um, we may have the opportunity to help them. And Is get, it just for the downtown? Yeah, I'm focusing on downtown. I'm not going to do everything for Waco, but I will tell you what else is going on in Waco that you can get along with, with either grassroots or your neighborhood association that's in that area. So, like, say, for example, you got your mom that's away in North Waco. Mm -hmm. Well, that would be, I don't know if that's Dylan or not. So what's the criteria to qualify? For which? For the remodeling. Um, the criteria that we're looking for, I'm personally looking for, because I'm the one that's helping to get the, the workers to help and also getting some businesses to donate uh, materials. So they would bring them to me. And then I would look and see if they're owner. It's owner occupied. Okay. Okay. Not a business. And uh, a system in those areas. I would like to see, because HUD does have a program that Waco does not participate in. And uh, I really don't see the reason why they don't. You know, Waco being 62% or above rentals. Wow. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. No. Wow. Oh, you didn't know that. It's been that for years. That's amazing. And we usually lose about 8 to 10% of the population out of Waco each year. Mm -hmm. They may move to Waco, but then they go to the suburbs and so forth. That's still part of that. And, of course, you got students that yeah, also. There, you're excluding Baylor and that? Also. Well, I'd be honest with you, the, the numbers and everything that I've received didn't specify students versus homeowners or renters. It just says 8% of people leave Waco every year. And that's from um, a TAR that's uh, in um, Aggieland. What's that school called again? A&M. and m does their own uh, research for the uh, Texas real estate. Mm -hmm. So I read, I, I get those too because I'm a real estate broker. Mm -hmm. So I get to see all the things that they're talking about that's going on. And Waco, for every so often, pops in there. <laughs> so it seems to me, and I'm just asking the question, like, uh, it seems like a cool program. 
you know, how, like if there's someone that needs this, mm -hmm. like what's the process? Well, the process would be A, uh, me going visit with them, B, uh, finding out what their needs are, uh, C, if they're owners, if the, if the taxes have been paid up, and D would be going to some of our local uh, uh, material places like Home Depot or Circle Lumber or things of this nature and seeing what's needed, see if they can contribute. And my job is to get the uh, individuals who are willing to donate some time to do the work. So it's kind of like Habitat for Humanity, but on a... It's Habitat course. for Andy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there a, um, uh, an income that they have to... Be... I haven't set that yet, okay? Um, that's something we've been talking about the last two or three months, and uh, I'm starting to go look around and myself, you know, to kind of see who may need stuff. But you have to understand, a lot of these people rent. So we can't do it for the rental properties. What I was going to say, though, is um, HUD has two programs. And one of them is designated to um, public housing. And the other one is for, I think they have something for homeowners, but it's very small. And the idea of trying to create affordable living uh, for the existing homes that we still have left in our area, uh, people that own rental property would probably be a good candidate to receive these monies because if they can update their properties and could at least sign off to say with HUD, you know, I'm going to keep the property at X amount of dollars instead of raising it up to twelve hundred a month for a you know two bedroom or whatever. If we can keep it down lower, we can keep the community together. Mm -hmm. So owner-occupied is not a, a, a make-or-break I'm just telling you what the idea of uh, if the uh, HUD would open their doors to receiving money from homeowners or from, well, homeowners is one thing that they have, but it's a very little amount. Mm -hmm. There is a large amount that's available that could be utilized by landlords, but Waco perceives not to get into that. Uh, they spend more of their money on all the public housing that they actually own here. Okay. And so uh, the difference, so if HUD has an almost program, they're close, and Habitat has a program, why, is, why are we starting our own program in the downtown neighborhood group? Like, would we not just partner with people who already have programs and try to find No, it's not, okay. I mean, let me clear up. It's not something the Downtown Neighborhood Association is actually doing. Oh, okay. I'm bringing that idea to the table because of the numbers. When you have 60% rentals, who can more or less control the rent rate in Waco? Homeowners? No. Landlords can because they rent them already. So if we want to continue to have the stock of properties that we have here, which, you know, we've got programs now, if you've got lead paint, they're ready to hit you up on. Uh, if you want to start getting these houses fixed, with the vast majority of them being rental properties, 
wouldn't it make sense to provide those funds, low interest loans to landlords that can upgrade their properties, both electrical, roofing, windows, things of this nature. And my suggestion to HUD is that they would come in and sign an agreement that says within for the next five years, I will keep the rent at 600 a month or 700 a month. Because a lot of the people, you have to understand, let's see, 52% of the blacks in Waco make under 24,000 a year. Uh, 38% of Hispanics make over third, make under 35,000 a year. And 67% of whites make over 45,000 a year. So when you start looking at the numbers, if you take $24,000 a year and you would multiply it out at 28%, which is standard for buying a home or leasing a property, you're going to look at the average person at making 20 or family that's making $24,000 a year. The only thing they can afford is about $543 a month. So when you hear the verbiage, we're, we need to have affordable housing, that's kind of kicking the can down the road because we know builders will not build mm -hmm. properties that they're going to rent for five and $600 a month. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So who's the candidate that's able today to meet that criteria? See, this is the biggest issue that they've had over at the East Waco, the Elm Street project. Mm -hmm. And they keep saying, well, we're going to build affordable housing, but they're using verbiage instead of numbers. When the numbers were brought up, it just went out the rough. Because How's that Waco High School, that, that was supposed to be affordable housing in there, the, the renovation, you know what I'm talking about, downtown? Mm -hmm. A long is time it full and Oh, it's full, it? but you got to go look who lives there and what, what the prices are. Who lives there? I'm, saying, I'm asking you to research that. You oh, know? Okay. okay. Because I thought it was, oh, I don't, rent a house. <laughs> I don't know everything. It just, <laughs> I can show you what's, what's where and right. things of that nature and direct you to the right things. Mm -hmm. But see, right now, if we're going to make those claims, we're going to have to be able to have the facts and figures that make it happen because all you're really saying is verbiage. Right. And they've kind of, the, the uh, East Waco Riverside Neighborhood Association is real upset now because they kept saying affordable housing, affordable housing, but when you look at the statistics, 52% of the people can't even rent that amount over there. And it's going to be primarily business or Baylor students or whatever. Mm -hmm. It may not even fly. Right. I mean, look what downtown. I mean, all the stuff that we've put into the downtown. And you can still shoot a cannon downtown and not hit anybody. But that's changing. Well, I was going to say, this is really a lot better than it used to be. Well, the reason, downtown. here's the thing. The reason our downtown died, you've been here long enough. I was 18 years old at city council telling them, you guys are crazy for making this into a mall. Yeah, the, walk, the one they made it where you could only walk. And I was just an 18-year-old kid. Why would they listen to me? Right. <laughs> well, they finally figured that out. Well, see, see, you, know, you know what their answer was? Well, everybody else was doing it. Oh, wow. So they destroyed downtown Waco for nearly 17, 18 years because... We let somebody's idea 
take us down this path. And how much did the city spend in doing that? And then undoing that. And then undoing that. I told them not to be planting oak trees down on Austin Avenue. How much money do we spend every six months cleaning the streets of bird poop? And what, what, what kind of birds are they? Grackles. And what do grackles love? Shit on my windshield. Wind <laughs> Excuse my French. <laughs> it seems like it's always my car at HEV. You're right. You're right. See? But you tell these people these things and they think they so know. What was the answer to the question? What do they oh. like to do? Where does that lead us to now? Like, I'm trees? just trying to they figure like out. Like, oh, they, they, like they love oak trees. trees. Oh, I didn't know that. So, so downtown, they also like to crap on cars. Well, that's the reason why, because the oak trees really are there. there <laughs> if you are a homeowner downtown anywhere within, what, a half mile, a mile of the silos, you can sell your property at an, a grossly exaggerated <laughs> rate right now because of demand. So I'm just curious, like, if there is, you know... I'm trying to figure out the downtown fit for the renovation project, because certainly there's... Plenty of candidates, you know. There's plenty of houses that need to be renovated. Uh -huh. um, I don't know how many are owner occupied. Apparently, only forty percent, according to the numbers. Yeah, they think they really. We we have so, we have seventy eight homes, that, and we have twenty seven homeowners, I think, left. So those twenty seven homeowners right now mm -hmm. could sell their properties if they wanted to, at if, if they wanted to sell at a very probably handsome profit compared to what they could have sold it four or five years ago. But some of them don't want to move. Right. And there's a lot of elderly there that's saying, mm -hmm. hey, you know, I'm giving this to my kids, yeah. and why should I sell it now when it may be worth more later to but my I children? Mean, because wouldn't I want my children to be in an up-and-growing area my concern and see the that money that they take? They can't turn around and buy a reasonable home for the monies that they purchased. Now, another thing about properties down there is a lot of the houses... You're talking about the, si about the silos? Oh. Yeah, a lot of the houses don't meet city code oh, sure. for the size. And so the idea of going in there, you have to make sure that your lot is 7,000, mm -hmm. minimum 5,000 square feet. Anything below that, if you tear down your house, you can't build anything else there. Yeah, and who's gonna who, who commercially is gonna come down and buy your one house? Yeah. I know it's making the money right now, but time and money and the time that you spent in it, it's just like the guy that's over by the barbecue place. You know, he paid forty five thousand for that property. He put in about two hundred ten thousand in it. Hmm. He can't he a lot of sandwiches to pay yeah. <laughs> You know, and uh, he's already put it on the market after a year. The one that was down the Is street. Is Are you talking about maintenance? No, he's had it for a couple of years. But he's only had act, actors. He's like you. He took about a year and so, so much to. Time. He took a long time my to do house it. Was a mess. No, I mean, it was you could a, mow in my front, in my in my living room. We had to, to mow to be able to put the. So those, you know, that's 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 the risk you guys are really taking out there, because in reality. It's, you know, real estate's real estate. Yeah. Up cycles, down cycles. Sure. And you're basing your everything on entertainment. And what's the first thing that goes when the economy starts going down? 
entertainment. Um, I didn't know we were going to get a tag for our business savvy here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not getting a tag. I'm just giving. I'm just giving some. I'm just giving some other additional information about you know your Airbnbs and so forth, and I hope you do well with it. But time is going to be the issue, and really, sometimes you're going to have to find the other guy that's wants to play the musical chairs and wants to jump in the game. Anybody jumping in the game now, I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> but anyway, so that was the thing with that. Um, as of uh, boards and commissions, and uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, some of the things that we have passed recently uh, with City Center. I'm also on the board of City Center. And recently, we've been involved with uh, the promotion of Magnolias. Uh, they had voted, or they were supposed to receive $1.3 million for the coffee shop. Uh, that's been reduced. Uh, I'm not sure what the exact amount is. I'll find out next week at my meeting. Uh, we have a zoo expansion that's going on. And it's not part of our neighborhood, but it's, you know, it's throughout all the people that are paying taxes and so forth. Uh, they're they're looking for fourteen point five million for an, uh, an expansion for penguins that we have there. It's a beautiful zoo though. Gotta admit, it was a lot better than what we had. Do you remember? I had little kids here. We went to campus. I mean, you know, that I was like, these are dog cages. What what's these animals in dog cages? <laughs> it was terrible. Have you ever been to the old zoo? Uh, the Marriott. There's something we need to talk about. The Marriott has asked for $10 million uh, to build their hotel. On the river? No. On uh, 6th and Austin. In Marriott. It's where the, the Olmstead Kirk paper company on 6th and Marriott. No. Well, no, wait. Jackson. Where the. Yeah. Where Hitchell and Rachel is. Yeah. Right across from there. So they're asking for $10 million, and then, excuse me, and then the parking lot that they're trying to build there is going to be a five-story parking lot. And it's going to hold about three, 380-something uh, parking spots. It's right there at the side of it. Right. Uh, they're going to allow the city to have 170 of those parking spots at a price of $20,000 per parking spot. The city's giving them money and then they're giving them $20,000 per spot. No, no, well, the, the city's giving the $10 million for the hotel and then we're paying half for the parking for the Marriott and really for the silos. Is really what it boils down to. And uh, I had made the recommendation, uh, because the Marriott and the silos are well established right now, that maybe we should give them a low interest loan. Because if we do this, they're not considering paid parking. And my suggestion, if we're going to spend the money, then we should ask for paid parking like everybody else. And they, all hotels do that, you know. I go to a hotel in Austin or Dallas, and, I, you know, it's $20 a night you know, to park there. And that's what I'm saying at the hotel, not being a guest that's hanging around the downtown area. So this all affects us and you when it comes down to it because those are the things that we're going to get raised on our taxes. 
And because we're in the overlay district, the silo district, the university overlay district, the PID and the, it's the PID and the PUD. <laughs> we have five districts. Oh, and the art district. We have six districts in one area. They're going to hit everybody up. It's going to, going to raise our taxes. So my counter to that is, you know, instead of making us the recipients of this thing, why don't they be able to take on a low interest loan and make it a paid parking? It seems a little bit more reasonable, but again, I'm that 18-year-old kid that doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so you're making this recommendation to the city council, is that what you're saying? I've already made it to city center. And uh, they have, we've done our vote on that, and uh, I'm still juggling around. It was just my suggestion. There's, there's 15 of us there, so. Some people just sit there, and they're collecting time, and some people speak up. Mm -hmm. You know, they know I speak up. <laughs> uh, now the cheer, okay, the shared parking was $3.46 is what it's going to cost the city. Uh, we have no word. I, I don't know what happened to uh, Hector, but he was supposed to show up. We are going to have the city uh, planning is going to be visiting us uh, possibly next month or the month after. I'll let everybody know. And what I have been trying to uh, accomplish for the last four years was to get event sign for parking. Uh, we have plenty of parking downtown. We have plenty of parking at the water department. We have other locations that have parking that the tourists can come to, but they choose to come into the neighborhoods. And it's not that it's so bad that that happens, it's just that their employees are, are restricted from parking at their own parking lot. They are asked to park a block or two away from Magnolias. Well, these people, they park, they're there for six hours at a time. That really messes things up for, I mean, Sunday is probably the nicest day that we have. You know, without all this traffic jam and people fighting for parking and everybody's fighting for my little shade tree. <laughs> I got cars, I don't have a driveway. Mm -hmm. So I park my vehicles there and, you know, I got uh, all kinds of people all upset because I use my parking next to my street. Mm -hmm. I said, go park at your house. <laughs> So, you know, I've been asking because Austin does this and a lot of places that have events, they have it for the neighbors, neighborhoods where it's no event parking. And the reason they park in a neighborhood because they don't want to spend the $10 at the church and there's plenty of parking there. And I understand that they don't want to do that, but then again, they become disruptive on a six days a week, year round. This has been going on for four years. I mean, they can give $10 million to the Marriott, but they can't afford 10, 10 to 12 no event parking. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in the backyard, it's really when they have a big country and western band, that happens. What happens there is these individuals, they come there, and because of their finances, what they do is they go out and buy a case of beer, they drink it in the car, then they go inside the bar, but what they do when they leave, they throw them all there, I get vomit, you know, things that yeah. you don't want to have to pick up. Yeah. 
and the backyard won't go out and clean up because they say, hey, it's public parking. And I said, well, the problem is your zone 3C, which you're supposed to have parking, and you're supposed to own your own parking, and they're, they're, you know, they're utilizing the neighborhood and the VA for parking, and if the VA says one day, no more. Because all we need is a shooting there, uh, busting out a window, you know the VA is going to shut them down. So the question is, when that happens, where do they go? Where do you park a thousand cars? You know, unless you live down there, you have no idea what's going on. And then, of course, we have all the homeless, what we call them the walking dead, because they're there from 11 to 5, 6 o'clock in the you know, morning, and they're walking all around, they're checking cars. Uh, I've had uh, uh, sex trafficking going on at some of our places. We've had a lot of arrests that happened down 9th and 10th Street. And so, you know, we're, we're asking for more coverage, more uh, uh, police protection, because we have, if you think about it, we have 1.3 million people in our neighborhood a year. And we only have two patrol officers at a time, from Herring to I-35, from the Brazos River to 17th. And we wonder why they can't get there within 30 minutes. You'd think if you had a few more police. What does that mean? Can I say something? Sure. I, I knew. I have certainly have not been here as long as Andrew has. I've only been here for 18 months. Um, and um, But I will say I had been, I was fearful when I first got that house um, because of the neighborhood. But um, I have been pleasantly surprised. You know, what I have discovered there's a lot of homeless people around, but by and large, they're harmless. You know, they're homeless, but they're harmless. And I'm not saying they all are, but at least that's been my experience mm -hmm. with them. Right. I've even had a couple of folks actually walk in my house, you know, and I'm like, hey, dude, you know, not, you know, <laughs> you got to go. And uh, truly, you know, I've been there when the backyard has had their big concerts, and I've had folks park in front of my property as well, and it is annoying, but... You know, um, uh, I think it's a growing pain. I hope they fix it. Um, I agree with you. I think it would be good if they fix it. But I don't think that it, it's, uh, for me, it has not been. I have not experienced the vomiting in my yard or the um, or people sitting in their cars throwing down a case of beer before. Maybe they are, but they're not doing it in my eyesight. Well, and the reason they don't do it in front of you is because most of the people know me in the neighborhood. Oh, okay. And I will say, I, I <laughs> well, really, they do. I, I'm I, second, third generation of people. I over accidentally there. set off my ring alarm the other day, and uh, the police were there in about 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised. And I said, "I'm so sorry. I set this off by accident." And they said, "Hey, no sweat." You mm -hmm. know. But they were very, very, they were very responsive. I had um, a secretary put an air freshener in the bathroom that, like, once an hour went. Psst, 
and didn't tell me, and so I heard it, and I just assumed <laughs> there was somebody in the bathroom, <laughs> and I'm there by myself, and yeah. I called, and they were there in about 66. Yeah. So it was I'm sure very the neighborhood has its problems, but I had stayed uh, at that house alone mm -hmm. um, for uh, 12 months on and off, and um, it's amazing. I, I, I mean, nev never say never, because you never know what can happen, but um, I have not had any problems, and probably the kindest woman in the neighborhood lives in the Section 8 housing across from me. Her name is Dee Dee, and she brings me a plate of chicken like once a week. Every time she sees my car there, she's the most kind woman. So, so what's your address? I want to see it. 821 Clay, 821. right next door to Andrew. Um, but, I mean, I have been really impressed with the people of Waco. I think they're... Where'd you come from? I live in Fort Worth, but my, sure. my uh, son is a Baylor grad and worked his way through... Uh, Baylor at Harp at Clint's place, sure. and mm -hmm. so he manages the property now. He's trying to make a go of it here in Waco. Now so. The biggest challenge that you probably don't realize that is the vast majority of these homeless people are actually people that have been let out of prison, and they are sent here to Waco oh, really? on a bus. I see them every other day walking 9th Street from the bus station. Those are the ones with the backpacks. Mm -hmm. You've seen them. And they bring them here because of the programs that we have. The thing that's bad about it is they won't let them go back to where they're from because they've been either involved in violence or yeah, sexual abuse <laughs> or family violence. So they bring them to Waco. And our programs here, bless their heart, you know, they meant, they meant well in the beginning, but when the money ran out from the government... Uh, for, from the first administration, from the Obama administration, then they had to start looking for monies and they kept bringing the people and they still do it. Every week they're bringing people from different prisons. I mean, I've had them from Leavenworth, we've had them from Louisiana, we have some California. I've hired several of them when I used to work over there just to give them some work and so forth. And I don't think I had a single one that wasn't doing drugs or... Alcohol. You were under construction, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> you does another pretty. Uh -huh. So that's kind of the. Uh, that's kind of what's what's being presented there, and that we're, what we're having to deal with. So I can never tell, and we get people arrested all up and down Ninth and Tenth Street, Eighth Street, and most of the most they'll tell you. Like a matter of fact, I had one person break into the house that she had. And uh, they literally told me when I when I had him when he broke in, I had the police arrest him over there by the VA, and they brought him back and they asked me not to file charges on him. And I says, why? And he says they're one of these homeless that they've sent here, and he we can extradite him to Fort Worth if you don't arrest. I mean, if you don't make file charges because if you file charges on him here, yes. they're just going to go down there and they're going to be back over here in ten days. I said, so did you? Yeah, I said, take them. <laughs> it, was, it was getting real bad at a time, and we were getting a lot of convicted criminals. And see, they're not homeless. They were made homeless by our institutions. And I, you know, it's one thing that, you know, I understand a lot of people. shelters. They just can't, go, they can't do drugs or drink in there. That's... Well, they also take away their medications. Oh, yeah. They can't take their medications... They can give them their medications, and when they leave, they give them back their medications because they don't want to give them to other people. Because some of them are on 
medications for uh, anxiety and uh, paranoia and bipolarism. I mean, there's a lot of them that are bipolar right. in our neighborhood. And you just don't know what they can do. And the thing is, they're new people every week. See, all the old ones know me. Mm. And they'll say, oh, you don't mess with him. That's Mr. Lopez. He'll stick that dog on you. <laughs> they don't realize he'll lick you to death. He wouldn't bite you unless, I really, unless something happened. So anyway, those were some of the things there. Uh, new word on event signs. And that was pretty much it. Um, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and uh, why you came today? Questions or any concerns about you have the MPO buses. meeting coming up here, don't you? Uh, uh, no, no, not MPO. It's the Transit Advisory Board, which is separate from MPO. Okay. Because um, I was invited to that meeting. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, I I wrote for the paper for four years, and I covered uh, Baylor, and then I, I covered City Hall for the last year or so, mm -hmm. and then um, now I work at MCC just in communications, and I'm from San Antonio originally, and it's okay. Baylor, so. Right. Um, yeah. How would you like to get involved in our neighborhood association? Um, you know, when whenever I can come, I you know I, I can't uh, I probably won't make every meeting, but I just thought I would stop in okay. and say hello. And I, I've lived downtown for a few years, so um, you know I've gotten to know Hector. I, I think he's great. Um, Hector Sabido. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, so. So what can you tell us a little bit about what's going on transit in the? Um, sure, so I've only been to one meeting uh, so far, but uh, I think it's good. They're, they're talking about this bus rapid transit model, which would be totally different from what we have. It would basically take away at the central hub that we have there on 8th. Um, it would basically make it to where the buses would be bigger, and the, it, it would, they say, cut the times in half. I know it takes like over an hour, you know, 90 minutes to get across town on a bus and it shouldn't feel that way so I think that, that'll probably be a while it'll probably be a yeah because so more it, than that they've gone pr pr probably more than that because they've gone through like a study so the last um, five years meeting we had the, mm -hmm. the consultants were there and briefed us more about uh, we're still working on the doing the new so. transit at this point because I, I was part of the comprehensive plan for wake up uh -huh. yeah. and uh, They've got a good system route that's coming into play. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I wish they would have done was this. Franklin, they've made the decision that the main bus terminal is going to go on Franklin. Okay? And in doing so, um, Waco Drive is really your connection from Hewitt all the way up to TSTC. And we are our our, our not, uh, industrial districts are on both ends of town. People that are coming from Hewitt are not going to come that way then have to go down Franklin and keep hitting all these stops. It's going to take too long. So they couldn't make a decision if they're going to do Waco Drive or Franklin. I said, what I would do, I'd do Franklin, all the little stops, and Waco Drive, the B-Bus, that only stops at major intersections to get people from Hewitt to TSTC within 35 minutes and let Franklin be the one, because we're, we're gonna shrink Franklin down. It's not gonna be, 
It ain't going to be the highway that it's yeah, been I anymore. It's, it's about time they make it two-way, I think. And, um, it's, I'm, I'm glad they're, they're finally converting to Washington. Um, but, uh, but, but, yeah, well, I, I know that I, it wouldn't surprise me if they convert Franklin when they do the bus rapid transit, when they make that a two-way. Yeah, because they're going to have the bus, they're going to have the bicycle, and it's only going to be one-way traffic. One way this way, one way that way. Yeah. So it's really going to slow down the people that, and see the biggest fight is the people that live west. They don't want to stop it because they're used to coming into downtown as fast as they can. Okay. Anyway, that was my suggestion at that, and they said they couldn't afford to do that. I was like, oh, you know, it's if you can try to get to that because that would be the next thing.